The Liz Callaway Show with Nick Summers, featuring Breitbart Talks on Talk 94.5. All right, joining us is Francis Martel, the international editor. Good morning, Francis. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Well, I'm so glad to have you back. And uh, I just want to get right to it because uh, you brought to my attention what's going on in Sri Lanka. And I can't help but think that this is exactly what folks like Samantha Powers uh, wants in our country. It wants this exact thing to happen in our country. Samantha Power has talked about um, how we are having fertilizer shortages and how this is great because it's going to hasten transitions, she says, to natural solutions like manure and composting, which could cause a real collapse in our agriculture. Um, What do you see happening in Sri Lanka that could be really telling about, you know, what we need to be concerned about? Well, they tried to do exactly this. Um, So the government of Sri Lanka, which is a democratic socialist republic, it's, you know, like what Bernie Sanders would want, essentially. Um, They banned chemical fertilizers in an attempt to be greener, more environmentally sound. And what ended up happening is the complete collapse of the domestic agriculture industry, which means they have to import all of their food. Um, So this went okay for a little while. And essentially, the second that something went wrong in the in the global market, people ran out of food. Um, mm. So what happened was Russia invaded Ukraine, and that created tremendous destabilization in terms of grain supplies and other key crops. And Sri Lanka, being a poor country, not super geopolitically strategic, not economically influential, was last in line to buy anything. Hmm. So there's no food in Sri Lanka. There's no, the medicine has run out, um, fuel, there are like hours-long lines for gasoline where people have died waiting for gas. Um, How is that possible? I, I don't understand that. How do you die waiting for gas? I must have died from other reasons. I mean, I, I don't understand. Um, well, some there were a couple of cases of heat stroke. Sri Lanka's really hot, okay. so there were people sitting in their cars dying. Jeez. There were a few fights over the gas pump. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh yeah, it's truly horrible. And that's kind of separate from the agriculture problem, but mm-hmm. it's still the, the same root of, of what's happening is it's a socialist country where there's no private enterprise to come in and save anybody when the government inevitably messes up. And so that's every shortage is basically based on the fact that the government controls supply and the government is corrupt and inept. It is it is really disturbing. The video that I was watching on Breitbart.com on the article, um, the people are starting to revolt because we were, you know, you mentioned the supply shortages such as the synthetic fertilizer being canceled because of environmentalists and the uh, canceled surgeries, the supply chain shortages, uh, you know, like you said, people dying, waiting for gas. They started revolting and burning down the homes of the people in charge. Um, in fact, there was one incident I was reading in the article that a parliament member shot and killed a protester and then he killed himself. I mean, it's like it's complete and utter chaos. What is the government doing at this point? The president is tweeting about how racism is bad. 
Like, oh I gosh. wish I could give you something like, wow. I, it sounds like a joke. It is not. Um, yeah. President Rajapaksa is just on Twitter. Um, the government put out orders to shoot any protesters on site. Wow. Um, so there's there's no plan here for addressing the actual problem. And the, the big thing here is that these protests have been going on for at least two months. This isn't a new problem. Um, the violence is new because on Monday, supporters of the Rajapaksa family, who are the ruling family of Sri Lanka, decided to go into a protest camp and beat people up, burn up tents, um, the tremendous violence. And there's just horrible images of people with these giant mm. sticks of lumber beating up protesters. So the, the pro-government people started the violence. Uh, but it's been over a month of just devastating economic situation, a lot of peaceful protesting, and the government did nothing. And the government continues to do basically nothing except antagonize and injure protesters. Mm. You know, I wanted to ask you, because you are the international editor for Breitbart, and this is Francis Martel that we're talking with. Um, you know, we, we, I, I mentioned Samantha Power. I, I talked about how Jen Psaki had said it out loud in the beginning. Um, this is, you know, in the very beginning of the Ukraine, uh, you know, the war against Ukraine. She said that this is why we need to get off of the dependence on foreign oil. Well, oil in general. That's what she said. I mean, they always have taken this advantage. And now with the fertilizer shortage, um, we're already having problem in our agriculture. We're having problem with baby formula. I don't even know where that's coming from. I mean, maybe you can explain that. But I, I believe there are some out out of country suppliers that haven't even gotten up and running since the pandemic shutdowns. Um, and that's why there's a shortage. And then we had the recall on the baby formula. And we know that China has had their hand in poison and putting rat poison in baby formula in the past. I mean, what can you kind of pull all these things together and, and, and how at risk are we here before an agricultural collapse, food shortage? Our president even said we should be expecting food shortages. Sure. I mean, I, I can speak to the, the baby formula a little bit more as a mom than as an international okay. editor, but um, the recalls really did it. You know, um, my baby used Similac, and they recalled it based on they found some bacteria in one of the factories. They didn't actually find it in any of the formula. Um, and I, I think the issue here is that um, there's no real uh, plan to have, you know, major competition and have companies that are redundant. So, you know, if one company, if Similac fails, which is a giant, you basically have, you know, Enfamil and then everybody else that's a tiny company. Um, and this is, I think, a bigger problem of corporatization and globalization where there simply is not enough competition. And you have global supply chains that basically feed into, you know, five or six major companies on the entire planet, and you have, you know, China's the, the head of the global manufacturing powerhouse, so you have a communist totalitarian regime controlling who makes the things and mm -hmm. enslaving its own people to make the things. And that's, you know, there's so much room for error there, or, or rather no room for error, because... Mm -hmm you know, there's one failure and the whole supply chain right, collapses. Right, right. It's so, poor planning. And we saw yes. what happened in Venezuela. We we see what's happening. It's still happening. I mean, we even saw the food shortages there caused a 15-pound average weight loss of the mm -hmm. of people in the country. I mean, th this is actually, like, 
happening. Um, and so it's there's something else going on that I, I also wanted to mention. And I don't know if um, you're following what happened in Hong Kong, but they uh, put together this elective uh, com- electoral commission of 1,500 people, and 99% of them voted in favor of the one candidate who ran unopposed, who was the one who was cracking down on the Hong Kong protesters that were protesting there all summer and into the fall in 2019. What do you make of that? Yeah, um, China is asking for credit. You know, they want international applause for this great election they put on where a thousand people in a city of seven million people voted for the one guy (laughs) who is, you know, a former Hong Kong police officer, hardcore communist, supported all of the violence against the protesters in 2019. Um, And, you know, I think to me the big takeaway is these are the people that control the supply chain. These are the people that control what things we can or cannot buy. And and that's a huge problem Um, because there's this, you know, the overarching theory that led to globalization is if they become rich, they will want to be free. And uh, China has proven that to be so far from the truth. If you give them money, they're going to use the money to continue to oppress um, and what you've ended up happening is what's ended up happening is you have, you know, we are now beholden to a communist government on the other side of the planet that is mocking us, basically, because that election is a mockery of, of the entire mm-hmm. concept of democracy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's not much that can be done uh, in the short term. This ha- now we need a whole long term plan to undo the entire global supply chain and try to make it more localized and make it more competitive. So, you know, if one company doing one thing fails, that doesn't leave everyone with massive shortages. Um, And, you know, now we have a problem that's going to take 20, 30 years to fix if there was even the will to fix it, which our elites clearly do not have. Mm. We're speaking with Francis Martel from Breitbart, the international editor. One more thing I wanted to ask you about um, is what is going on in Afghanistan? We have heard hardly anything. I mean, if Breitbart wasn't reporting on it, uh, we wouldn't know that women are forced back into wearing burqas. Every every ounce of progress that women had made in that you know country has been turned around by the Taliban ever since uh, Biden bungled that Afghanistan um, you know withdrawal. Um, and and the one thing I, I did hear were that was that people who were people who were older were actually happy that the Taliban came back. They didn't like what was happening with the women that they were driving and they were going to college and all that. But it's it's most people, you know, especially the women now are just back locked up back, you know, not allowed to go to school, not allowed to drive now back to wearing burqas. I mean, is it back to where it was before with Sharia law? Um, it's 99% there. I mean, not only are they saying women should no. w- need to wear burqas, they're saying women should not leave their house unless absolutely necessary. And if women do leave the house and if they don't wear the burqa, the wow. Sharia prescribes that their male guardian, whether that be the father or the mm-hmm. husband, um, they get punished. They get sent to jail because women aren't even persons enough to be criminals. Um, wow. So it's a horrible situation. Um, and, you know, I, I like to remind people, Biden tried to turn it into a political victory that he actually extended the Afghanistan war. And that's why the Taliban is in charge now. Um, the Taliban cut a deal with the Trump administration where we would have left Afghanistan in May and they would have simply found a way to uh, find a role within the government that was there. Biden broke that deal, extended the war into August. And the Taliban said, well, if there's 
no deal. We're just going to invade and, and take over. Mm-hmm. And the government that we were propping up with our money, our taxpayers' money, uh, immediately fled. It was almost bloodless. <laughs> the Taliban showed up to the, the city limits of Kabul, and President Ghani got into a helicopter and left. No one fought. Um, so it's just a tremendous defeat. And to look back and see how the White House tried to spin this as some sort of win, that Biden ended the war when not only did he extend it, he gave the Taliban a victory that was not there um, when when Trump was there. So it's a huge tragedy. And, um, you know, to their credit, the Afghan women are protesting. They're out in the street. Mm. Um, they, they lost their fear. So that's something, that's the only grain of good news I've got. Um, but it's a really tragic situation. It's, it is. It is so tragic. And, and of course, there are, once again, videos of infidels being burned alive, beheaded, tortured in the streets um, as a terrorist tactic to keep everybody in line. And, um, and we see what's happening in Ukraine. And people, you know, were saying, oh, well, the Afghans just turned their backs and ran. You know, they didn't even they dropped their weapons and surrendered. And I uh, do you remember all of that. Um, that they were telling us and, and, you know, people were saying, Hey, why aren't they fighting? But I, I just think, I, I don't know. I, I think they, they weren't coming from a place of real freedom and maybe they didn't have the, uh, well, people say they didn't have the support of the U S um, Marines in, in the air to support them because that's how they were trained to fight. And then we just left, we left them. Yeah. And the government, by the way, didn't fight because the government didn't feed them. The Afghan soldiers didn't have food. Mm. We were giving the government millions upon millions of dollars for that army. And um, the the former minister of finance, I believe, who fled the country said, hey, you know, the the Ghani and and the people at the top of the food chain are just stealing that money and the soldiers are getting nothing. They they don't even Mm. get fed. So I, I don't think you can blame the, you know, uh, rank-and-file Afghan soldier right. for what happened. Mm-hmm. I, I certainly wouldn't fight to defend that government, um, but it, it really is just the sheer corruption at the top coupled with the incompetence of the people who were giving the money yeah. to the corrupt people at the top. Well, we heard that they were trying to stuff as much money as possible into the helicopter while they mm-hmm. were fleeing and leaving their people and their army behind. Uh, Francis Martel, anything else you, you wanted to add? Um, you know, any new articles breaking on Breitbart? Thanks. Um, well, you know, the lockdowns in Shanghai um, and China, I think, are a giant news story. And um, we're doing everything we can at Breitbart to keep people updated. But um, the big takeaway there is that China is really uh, handicapping itself economically in a way that doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And so we're just trying to parse through, you know, why is this happening and how does this affect the rest of the world? Yeah, exactly. And it, it is impacting the rest of the world, especially Shanghai, as, as I hear it. And they're doing it to Beijing as well. Um, the lockdowns and, you know, I don't even know what's going to happen to the people in Hong Kong. So, uh, Frances Martel, thank you so much. You can follow her on Breitbart.com and, of course, all the usual social media places. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks so much for having me.